Van Seas Weekly, the home for info and insight on the Vancouver Canadians and all Toronto Blue Jays minor league prospects. Hosted by Greg Ballack and Charlie Caskey. It's episode 21 of the Your Van Seas podcast. I'm Greg Ballack. And on the phone today, I brought in Charlie Caskey. You didn't come into studio, Charlie, today. You didn't want to make the trek out to Richmond where we record it. What's the no, deal? No, like, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm not an environmental terrorist, so I was not waging war. Um, that's your with excuse. With the environment huh? driving in, that's my excuse. But the reality <laughs> is, is that gas has once again hit 140 here in Vancouver, mm. so I thought we could just knock this one out on the phone. Yeah, and well, save me a couple of bucks. Most of it's going to be pre-recorded stuff anyways, because you were down on Monday to do the whole meet and greet with the team or what the team consists of at this moment, <laughs> made it down to Nat Bailey, and, and you were there with a couple of the other members of the media. And uh, how did that go? Yeah, it was great. I mean, obviously, for those not in Vancouver these days, it's been some pretty spectacular weather, although I'm out my back deck right now. You might be able to hear the rain coming down. Um, so it was it was a it was a beautiful sunny day. The park, um, as we all know, is being refurbed with a new porch in left field beyond the, uh, the left field fence mm-hmm. and along the third base line. So got to check that out from the inside for the first time, and got to meet with uh, with some of the players and some of the coaches. So all in all, it was fantastic. Um, a couple of well, hour or whatever it was, and uh, yeah, just whetted the appetite for the season really. Well, let's talk Which, about let's talk about those the redesign just for a little bit, I guess, because since you saw it firsthand, uh, everyone's curious about it. It's out in left field, and it looks like they've moved the bullpen into a little area in front of those stands, moved the fences way in on the left field side, and and put up some some bleachers out in the left field left field over the wall. There is that what happened? Yeah, and, and this is the thing. I, my brother actually has bought some tickets to sit in the left field porch, and we were talking about it earlier today, and he said, well, where's the bullpen going to be? And you know what? I didn't even go out there and look, so that's oh. going to have to be found out. Yeah, that's bad <laughs> reporting on my behalf, and I apologize for that. Well, I say that because yeah. there's, there's a picture on the site, and you can kind of see it. It looks like there's, there's a mound and, and some grass out behind the fence. Yeah, so. but I visually for me, from where I was standing, it looked like the new fence, which is about, I'd say, five feet high. Again, I was standing at a, about third base, so I didn't walk up to it and measure it. Mm-hmm. Um, is right, like, the, it looks like the new left field, you know, bleachers, porch, whatever they're calling it, the hey y'all porch, is right there, right behind the fence. So, like, row one, you're basically sitting at the fence. Mm-hmm. So, it didn't look to me like the, the bullpen is in there, but then again, they put the new bleachers right down the third base line and cut a bit into the field where the, the bullpen used to be. So mm-hmm. I guess it is. And, it, and as you said, if you've seen a picture, it, it must be there. And my eyes were just kind of playing tricks on me. <laughs> it sure looks like it from eyes. the picture, yeah. So, yeah, so they put the bullpen out there. Uh, the fence, like I said, is about five feet high. It's a beautiful fence. I mean, I know I, I sometimes get a bit nostalgic about little things, but it's a green <laughs> fence with a yellow yellow padding on top. Yeah. You know, it's definitely going to bring, you know, that into play, whether it's an outfielder making a catch over that fence or, you know, a home run where, you know, that a fan gets the catch or, or mm-hmm. what have you. It, it looks spectacular. It's not done yet. Let's hope it gets done. They're on a, an eight-game road trip at the moment. Um, and speaking to Ralph Fay, the director of communications, they think it's going to be done. Um, so, yeah, it. and then the third base, up the third base line, up the left field line, I think it's going to be spectacular because that's for for those who've never been to that. It's that sort of on the east side of the stadium, so mm-hmm. they'll get the sun 
late afternoon, early evening um, in their faces and, and get to enjoy a nice night of the net. Now, this isn't, so, isn't going to be a uh, Wrigley Field situation here where it's still being developed while the games are going on. They, hopefully I, it's done. I don't... Well, I'm going by by their word, but then again, nor am I a, a construction project manager, but it didn't what? look to me like <laughs> it was going to be finished. So, mm-hmm. you know, you'll hear in some of these interviews, they're definitely working away. You can hear them sawing and cutting in the background. Um, so they didn't they didn't take a break for us to do our interviews, that's for sure. <laughs> Um, so I think they're going to be going full stop until uh, they return home on the 26th, I know, I mean, which is a week tomorrow, I guess. Yeah, that's eight, eight games. Is seems like a lot, but it's really not in baseball terms. <laughs> no, exactly. Yeah, it's it's nothing. And and we're uh, what are we now? We're 50 minutes away exactly from uh, from opening pitch of uh, of the Northwest League season for the Canadians at, at least at the time of this recording. By the time somebody the listens time to it, it'll be yeah. probably it'll over. Be, yep. <laughs> Um, well, it sounds kind of funny, but you know it is a minor league team, and and some of the issues that come with building something like that um, may not, you know, you may not register on a major league team. But for a minor league team, what's important? Uh, if you remember the old incarnation of Nat Bailey Stadium, used to have a giant wall there with tons and tons of advertisements on it, and that's completely gone. Um, so now, I guess they're hoping that the the revenue generated by fans sitting in those seats will. Uh, be more than what they were receiving, obviously, for the ads that were out there. And the new fence that they, that they put in, ha- it's a it's a clear fence. So there's no ads on it, I guess, so you can see inside the bullpen. And it um, doesn't look like there's going to be anything on there. No, but they've, they've sold the naming rights to that porch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like you said, it's an extra 300 seats, isn't it? So... You know, I don't know how much ad revenue they generate from from billboards, but you would expect that they've either made it up or or surpassed it um, just by selling seats and all the extra revenue, the intangibles that brings in the beers, the hot dogs, right. the this, that, and the other thing that uh, just that they better generate. hope you put butts in those seats, right? I guess that's the only thing they're hoping for. Well, uh, it's three hundred seats. Um, it's was meant to be group bookings only for the entire season, and they were virtually sold out when I when I spoke to Rob mm. uh, about a month ago. And I think there was such a backlash from fans on Twitter and and other you know email and whatnot that they had to say, right, we'll do three nights where it's it's general admission. And I'm I would be positive that they've sold those three nights out as well. Mm. So if you're talking you know three hundred three hundred seats at thirty eight games or whatever it is. You know, nine hundred to a thousand fans. Um, I'm guessing that they've more than made up the revenue for uh, for displacing. I think it was the Vancouver Province. I know that was one of the billboards. Yeah. Yeah. It was the same one for the last three seasons, <laughs> um, and one other one other sign. So I'm I'm sure they're they're more than laughing. Well, if you are listening to this and you're sitting out in those field in that left field bleachers in the in one of the opening games, uh, feel free to send us an email at your van sees yourvancs at gmail.com or tweet one of us at Charlie Kasky or at Greg Ballot because we'd love to hear uh, what it's like sitting out there, You know what the sun's like, uh, the concessions. I don't know what they're going to do for that because it's going to be a long walk back to the main concourse if you're sitting out there. So I'm sure they have something set up. I know they have a little, like a kid's area on the left field line, so maybe they have some some barbecue stands set up there. But uh, yeah, it's going to be an interesting couple weeks when they start the season if it's complete, which is what they're hoping. Yeah, I think... I think it's going to be awesome, personally. And then I'm not on here to shield for the Vancouver Canadians, but I think the field looks amazing. And 
like you said, I mean, I, 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 they must have something out there as far as keeping fans lubricated. I mean, <laughs> the Porsche is named after a, a hard iced tea, we'll call it, an alcoholic iced tea, which is by one of the companies that's taken over. It's, it's a new, they've signed a new, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, lease agreement with sort of the vendor, alcoholic beverage vendors that are going to be within the stadium. Um, mm-hmm. And that's one of their products, the Hey Y'all iced tea, which... Um, so yeah, I'm sure they're, they're coming up with new, new ways to service that. Like how you think it's automatically shilling, but we are first and foremost, a Vancouver seas podcast, Charlie. So we are allowed to talk about stuff that goes on and, and be excited about stuff that goes on. Cause we will be going to the games. It's not automatically yeah. shilling. <laughs> no, you're right. We are going to be going to the game. And then, like I've said numerous times, I'm first and foremost, a fan of, of the Vancouver Canadians and Toronto Blue Jays. So you know, I like to look at prospects and this and that, but yeah, I'm a fan of the seas. I think it's a great setup there. I think they do a fabulous job and I can't wait for the season to start. That being said, I fly to the UK for three weeks the day before opening day. So I miss a good <laughs> chunk of the season. Huge fan. You're a huge fan, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so what, what are you going out there for again? What's, what's the big trip for? It's my sister-in-law's wedding. Right. Um, and also, of course, the 10-year anniversary of the 2005 Croydon Pirates, the UK national champions. <laughs> We're putting in an old boys team for the uh, the annual London tournament, which should be very interesting because I think quite a few of those guys are now very old and haven't played baseball in quite some time. Like yourself. I mean, sorry. Yes. <laughs> yes. Thank you, Greg. Well, baseball in the UK, you don't hear about it very often. So that's uh, it's good to no. see it living on, I guess, even after you no. left. It's even after you had the legend retired. <laughs> so yeah, it should be fun. We're really looking forward to the trip, but like I said, I've, I'm going to be a bit unlucky this year. The, the weekend in Toronto for the Blue Jays series means I missed three games, three seas games, and I think there's a week that my kids are actually away with grandma, mm. so I thought, oh, great, I'll go to every seas game, get there early, watch batting practice, do interviews, <laughs> and of course it's the all-star break. So not only are they not playing the nap, they're not playing at all. <laughs> Can't even do a so, podcast. Yeah. No, exactly. So, so it's uh, yeah, it's a uh, it's a bit of an unlucky season for me. But as you'll hear, um, and we'll talk about it when when we talk about the Schneider and uh, Jim Sakowski, the pitching coach interviews. That there is the potential for some uh, interesting prospects this year. It's mm-hmm. not uh, it's not a prospect heavy lineup to start the season. Not like we had last year. That last year, that's for sure. Yeah. But uh, I think we'll definitely see some some big names throughout the course of the season. Well, you did. Uh, you talked to a number of different different players. I guess you had tonight's starter, Holland, uh, is one of the guys you talked to. Yeah, Clinton Holland, who uh, you know he, he, he was. If, depending how deep your prospect list goes, I think I had him <laughs> in the mid mid teens on on my list. You know, if people are doing top tens, they they weren't going to have him around. But hey, he's the opening day starter. Come on, opening <laughs> opening day starter for the season. Interesting kid. Obviously, was drafted um, second round last year, but they knew he had a tear in his UCL, so signed at can't remember what it was forty percent of slot Wait, last year. About, uh, yeah, it was last year, wasn't it? So they they drafted two guys with with tears. Wow, I didn't know that. No, no, maybe he's the year before that. Yeah, Sorry, I was going to say that would have been a story. For, <laughs> thanks, for, thanks for proving me wrong. I actually have Wi-Fi now after the whole Wi-Fi conundrum of last week. Can't blame um, it on that. No. Um, yeah, so second-round pick, you know, signed him for a well-under slot because they knew his medicals weren't great. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he explains it in the interview I did with him. Um, you know, they, they thought it was getting all right. 
they were just, they were rehabbing it as if it were tendonitis, and then all of a sudden going back into spring training last season, the year after his draft year, as you said, he was drafted second round 2013. There you go. His velo was dropping, and things just didn't feel right, so they decided to uh, to go ahead with the surgery. And uh, I think his year anniversary was about three weeks ago, maybe four, which is obviously when the Blue Jays kind of that's their their benchmark. They they make him sit out at least a year. Mm-hmm before assigning him. So I think it was just a natural progression that, you know, make him, make him pitch and extend it for another three weeks and then, and then send him up here to Vancouver. Well, we'll get to that one first in just a second, but I want to run through the other names that you, you talked to, you talked to John Schneider, the, the manager, uh, Jim Sykowski, the pitching coach, uh, and also a couple more players, Lane Thomas, who I know everyone is excited to see. And uh, Sean Ratcliffe, who is in the bullpen, you said to start the year. In the bullpen, I, I think not just to start. He, He's he, there for good. <laughs> he says that's that's going to be his role going forward. Now, the reason we all want to talk to Sean and, and that he came out is, is he was the one and only Canadian um, to uh, to start the season. Um, and that's since been added to it. I'm having an absolute brain cramp as per usual as to who <laughs> the second one is because he's been sent down from uh, Lansing, and I'll get that name in a second. But we we always get a Canadian or two. Uh, the Vancouver Canadiens, I think Andy Dunn and, and the rest of the C's management ensure that Toronto sends them at least one, um, and he was the one. So he came out and had a chat with us. He was and, the anointed uh, one. He was the anointed <laughs> one. So yeah, so so Clinton, Lane, Sean, and then um, John and Jim. And like like usual, Jim Jim's just a fabulous interview. <laughs> I, I was the only one that wanted to speak to him, and so I got him to myself for a good 20 minutes, and, and we talked mm-hmm. on a, a wide variety of subjects. You cornered him. Cornered him. Got him. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll get to Clinton Holland, first of all. And uh, he's the starting pitcher tonight for, well, Wednesday night, I should say, for the Vancouver Canadians opening day. And you should see him when they come back for the opening day once Nat Bailey opens up. But let's get it to uh, Charlie Kasky and Clinton Holland. With Clinton Holland here. Now, when you were drafted, I think there was, what, a 40% tear in, in yeah, the UCL? Yeah, something, something pretty uh, significant um, that a lot of guys usually end up just go ahead and getting surgery, even if it's a little bit less than that. But I didn't really have any pain uh, right. at all. I'd had uh, well, what we thought was tendonitis, but it ended up being a tear. Uh, in high school, and I rehabbed it like it was tendonitis and ended up strengthening it up. Uh, actually, Velo came back and was good, but... Uh, just uh, the more I threw with it, the, the velo kind of started to drop down. And uh, last year in spring training, I was 88-90, uh, you know, which wasn't really me at all. And uh, so we ended up going in there, and it had been more it was a more significant tear um, than what it was when I got drafted. And we decided to go ahead and do surgery because that's what uh, Andrews told me. He was like, uh, whenever you feel like you're not being your, you're not yourself, then we'll do it. But if you're not hurting and uh, and the velo and everything's there, then I'm not going to cut on you because I can make you worse by cutting on you than making you better. So, right. Well, the answer that question then, how do you feel? Worse feel, or better? I feel great. I feel yeah. a lot better than I was. Uh, this is the best I've felt since probably my uh, sophomore year of high school. Really, um, wow! Uh, my first signing, I was 93, 95, and uh, but uh, lately I've been 91, 93. I touched fours and fives, but uh, I've, I've noticed that I've been pitching better uh, at that speed, getting a little sink. Um, I feel like my arm strength's better now than it was the first day when I was 93, 95. I feel like I could reach back and get it um, when I want to, but I feel like I'm a better pitcher at 91, 93 right now, um, just with without 
pitching in a year and still getting feel and things like that. And I've always been an adrenaline guy, so uh, getting up here and getting some fans in the stands will definitely help with uh, all that. But uh, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you're throwing 100 if you can't hit the broadside of a barn, right? Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, so my main uh, standpoint is trying to get ahead of hitters, uh, put them away when I can, and if I can get a three-pitch inning, then the better. <laughs> what's your uh, What's your second best pitch or your best off-speed pitch? Uh, my changeup's been really good lately, uh, but slider's the strikeout pitch. Yeah. But uh, I like the changeup to lefties and things like that, and I throw uh, curveballs good uh, early in the counts to get strike to get get ahead of uh, guys that I need to. So I feel like I got a, a, a pretty good arsenal. Uh, when they're working, right? <laughs> and uh, like I said, I'm pitching a year, so I'm definitely still getting comfortable with things. But uh, but I've been uh, pitching well and uh, getting more confidence um, as of late. Uh, the whole time that I've been throwing in games and uh, with a lot of BPs. Well, that's what everybody says is the last thing to come back. Like Velo usually comes back straight away. Yeah, it's that pitchability or or control. Have you found that? You know, like I remember Roberto Suna last year was getting hit hard, and I'd ask guys. And, People were saying, well, his stuff's fine. He's just throwing it right down the can. Yeah. People are hitting it. You know? Yeah, so, exactly. It's definitely um, command. Is probably, I don't know. I always always felt like I've had good command. and uh, it's, it's I'm always around the plate, but my pitch pitches could be better on uh, it being lower, hitting the spot. So I feel like I'm around the plate. So it's definitely just a sharpening things up. Right. Um, and, of course, the off-speed, it's uh, one day it'll be there and it'll be nasty, and then the next it's getting hit all over the place. Right. So uh, so it's definitely a work in progress, but uh, definitely a big step in the right direction. Excellent. Uh, now, John mentioned that you uh, you kind of jokingly said to him right at the beginning of spring training that you were going to be the opening day starter here. Are you yeah. happy that it's all Yeah, all I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's uh, manifested into what it is. Uh, yeah. Definitely love uh, starting it off, so hopefully we can get the uh, season started on the right path and uh, get the team rolling. Excellent. Man, I'm excited about it. Well, good luck. Awesome. I look forward to seeing Thank you back you, here after the road trip. It a lot. Thanks, Clinton. There you go. There's Charlie with Clinton Holland, and uh, yeah, he was he's going to be, a, I guess, a big part of that rotation going throughout the year. Do you expect him to move up eventually, or what's what's going to be the the track for him? Well, yeah, that, that, it's a difficult one because. You know, he's coming off Tommy John. He's yeah. like, you know, he's going to be limited initially pitch count wise. Not not hugely, but, you know, less than what other guys that are are, are perfectly healthy will be throwing. Um, he's he's still he's still reasonably young, so there's no, you know, no need to rush him. However, if he shows what we've been hearing about him in, in extended, we got a couple of scouts that's, that saw him down there, and they, and they all said he looked fantastic. Then there is a chance that that he moves on, which would be great news. And, and as we'll hear from the Sikowski interview when we when we play that, we he thinks that the pitching staff is there's going to be a lot of flux this year. There's a lot of guys that are going to come through, uh, whether it's up from Bluefield or a couple of the other injured guys that are still rehabbing in in Dunedin. Um, there. You know, there's going to be a lot of a lot of movement within the staff. So, yeah, I think there's a chance. There's always a chance. Um, there's even a chance I never get to see him pitch if you know <laughs> my first game is 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 early August that yeah. he's already moved on. You know, so ideally, I'd I'd love to see him. But if he's been moved up to Lansing prior to me getting to see him, then good for him. That's that's great news for for Jay's fans. I guess we should sort of touch on who will be joining the the seas when they come back because I know they they have released that roster that they gave you on Monday, but uh, they also mentioned a few guys, I guess we'll hear in, in some of the interviews, who they're going to be bringing in once, I guess, John Harris is, is the biggest name of, of the group that is going to be joining the Seas, I guess, once 
everything, all the paperwork's been filed and they can make their way up to Vancouver. Well, yeah, when we play the, uh, well, we might as well play the Schneider interview next mm-hmm. and we might, and I can intro it now. I, I was fiddling around with my phone, as I said, it was a sunny day, so I was having difficult seeing the, uh, the screen of it. So my microphone on my phone wasn't working very well, but mm. we kind of catch him mid-John Harris talk, and he's basically saying, yeah, that's the plan. He is going to come to Vancouver. Um, once everything gets sorted out visa-wise, I think someone said that he does have a passport already, so it's just a matter of, of figuring out, getting his, getting his paperwork, you know, eyes, eyes dotted, whatnot. And he's going to be here. How long that happens, and this this will be kind of covered in the uh, the Sikowski interview, is is up to a, a number of different factors. I think they said he pitched 103 innings for Missouri State. I want to say. Um, get that Wi-Fi working. Yeah, get it going. <laughs> um, Look it up. So if he's if he tops out at say what one fifty one sixty they say then what do they want to do do they want to have him throw thirty here and thirty somewhere else that seems high for a a, a rookie that just finished his college year yeah exactly so yeah. it's it might be one one forty one fifty in which case they might only want to do twenty here and then move him up to the yeah. ultimate destination which is you know Dunedin New Hampshire for another twenty before before they shut him down mm-hmm. so you know he's going to come. But it's going to be probably pretty short. And let's be perfectly honest: if, if I think I'm going to miss Holland, I'm definitely going to miss Harris. <laughs> was well, it sort of we like a Strowman of, situation where he only was? Brief? He was here for yeah, just over two weeks or whatever. Yeah. But yeah, exactly. I mean, they knew right away that Strowman was the most. You know, everybody during that draft said he's the most polished pitcher in the draft, um, and that if anyone was going to pitch in the major leagues that see that same season as their draft year. It was Marcus Stroman. They, I mean, all the pundits said as a as a reliever. Right. Um, obviously, that didn't happen because he got he was suspended for fifty games. But Harris still has, and, and we talk about this in the interview. He still has some projectability. He's a pretty thin, you know, he's six four, whatever he is, one hundred seventy five. Yeah. So he's a he's still pretty pretty thin. There's some room to grow a bit, fill out a bit. Um, so I don't think they're thinking, you know, the show this year. But I I think he's 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 at a higher level in the Northwest League, so he'll come up here, get a taste of, of what Vancouver has to offer, and um, and then move on to, uh, I, w- I would guess, Dunedin, but you never know. Could he even be New Hampshire? Well, let's get to what John Schneider had to say, uh, first of all, about Harris, and then I guess about uh, some other things. Um, but we'll get to that clip right now, and uh, yeah, let's listen to what John Schneider had to say. I uh, haven't been told officially, but I think when you look at guys we draft out of college high, like a Strowman or someone like that, he's made his way up here. So uh, I'm hoping, I'm hoping we get a chance to see him. I don't know if he's going to be on any kind of innings limit. I'm sure he will be, but uh, we'd love to see him up here. What do you know about him? Uh, pretty polished, uh, you know, with room to grow, both uh, physically and with his velocity, and a, and just a real good competitor. I know we took him at, at a high school 33rd round a few years back. And uh, we've been on him since then. So, uh, just a you know kind of a prototypical starting pitcher that I think will stick in the rotation, that can throw multiple pitches for strikes, and and has that uh, that makeup that you want as a starter. What does it do to the group to get a uh, a guy like that, a, a first round pick? For the group here, yeah. I think it's cool because you know with it becomes you know um, a little bit of fanfare, comes a little bit more media, yeah. and it's uh, you know I think that guys can kind of in baseball you're always comparing yourself to a guy in your position, so I think it'll be good for our staff to get up here, and, or for him to get up here and see how he works and how he competes. 
Um, and it, it's cool. It's cool to have a guy like that, just like we had Max last year for a little bit. Um, it's cool to have a guy like that on your team. It's funny because he, he's still, like you said, he's still quite light for a junior, isn't he? There is a lot of room for him. Projectability is a right. word used for him. Right. So he's kind of got that both a bit of polish and projectability, which... Which makes him very attractive. It, very interesting, yeah. yeah. Instead of a high school where you're just right. going to say projectable, right. you know, he's got that mix of, and, of the yeah. two. And scouting, they're always looking for that. They're looking at the frame, and I think we've got it, done a good job as an organization. They look at guys that have that build and then will they grow into it you know high school kid like you said it's kind of hit or miss yeah. but with a kid who's 21 22 years old you can kind of get more of a of a educated guess of what he's going to look like two or three years down the road but you put that on top of what he can do physically you know it's pretty exciting and the fourth rounder carl wise looks like a like a vancouver canadian through and through did you guys hear anything so. of that i mean uh, i know he hasn't signed yet but he hasn't should signed yet i know that um i'm pretty sure that's the plan for him to come up here um, when he does, uh, there's always little things, you know, physicals, passports, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so if that's delayed a little bit, then it's delayed a little bit. But I think the plan is for him to get in here and get playing pretty soon. Are we looking too far in advance? A lot of scouts say he'd probably have to move off third eventually. Some even suggested catcher. Right. Would, have, has there been any thoughts yet, or just let him play third until he proves he can? I think like anyone, when you when you draft a kid pretty high, you want to keep him comfortable for a while until he proves that he can't do what he's done. Right. So I think the plan is to have him at third for a while. I know I've read all the scouting reports and seen the videos. Um, that a lot of guys suggest the first base may be where he ends up, but I think uh, to start he'll be at, at third base, yeah. What do you like about this group that you've got right now? Man, it's a, it's a fun group because it's a lot of guys that have uh, been playing baseball for a few years. Yeah. Uh, like always, we do a good job. I like our pitching. Um, I, think, I think Clint Holland is going to be a uh, pleasant surprise for a guy getting out of the complex and really pitching for the first time in his young career. Um, and I like, you know, I like some of our hitters. I like, I like Lane Thomas, you know, a young kid at second base. And uh, it, it's fun because these guys have been playing, like I said, but then you get the new drafted guys, and we're going to get a few on the road, um, a, good, a good handful. And then how they, how they kind of mesh together is what makes a team, I think, good or bad at this level. So, uh, but these guys coming up, they're a fun group, man. They're, they're fun. They're exciting. They can run. I don't know if we're going to run as much as we did last year, yeah. <laughs> uh, but they, uh, they they can do some they can do some fun things in the field. So it's a uh, it's a good group because you don't have to do you don't have to corral them too much. They know how to go about their business. What do you expect from Hollins? Oh man, I expect them. We're trying to groom him. Man, I'm trying to give him every opportunity to be an ace of a staff. Yeah. You know, because he's never really had that feeling. So. Uh, I like the way he competes. You know, he's out there, and man, he's he's a bulldog on the mound. So when it's his day to pitch, he's he's ready to go. He's he's uh, he gets really focused, really locked in on, on the task at hand. He's a, he's a good competitor. And getting back to Lane, he's moved around quite a bit so far in his yeah. pro career. Is his second base his position now? Second base, yeah, is where we're going to keep him. Yeah. Uh, he, you know, like last year, he played outfield, played a little third, third did yeah. everything. Um, as an organization, they decided that's what's you know best for him, I think, and that's what he profiles as. And uh, he's made a lot of improvements. The thing about Lane, he's got a, a, a great arm. You know, so turning a double play is, is huge. And uh, he, if he gets that ball in his hand, he makes a bang-bang play, a routine double play. So uh, he's going to be a second baseman who can hit. Kind of like a, uh, I compare him a little bit to Aaron Hill. Um, that kind of same body type, same player at that age. Um, and he can really throw it. So cutoffs and relays, you know, we want him out getting the ball and, and firing at home. 
but uh, second base I think is a good spot for him. If you read all the scouting reports on him, he's a, he's a, a high-end athlete, mm -hmm. similar to an Alfred, where you maybe you worry about his hit tool. How has his hitting been coming along? Hitting's extended? been great. Hitting's yeah. been great and extended, man. He's you forget sometimes how young he is, yeah. you know. But when when he hits it, the ball jumps off his bat, just as good as anybody we've had here. And in uh, and this ballpark, you can see a lot of triples out in right center for him. Uh, but just. I think he's, he'll have his ups and downs, but I think he's going to have way more ups and downs because he's a he's an athlete who can who can adjust pretty quickly. How important is it to get the kids ready? That is, is that I yeah. mean, gives them a good start. In the yeah, ball. I mean, like anything, we try to put just as good of a product on the field as they've supplied off the field, and I think the Blue Jays are aware of that. And it always seems to take a little bit of time to put that product really together. You know, you look at last year, it didn't really happen till around August. And there's going to be moves. There's going to be, I can guarantee you, we're going to, the team we leave here with on uh, Wednesday, will be, it'll be a different team when we come back. It'll, it'll be, be different It'll Thursday. be some additions, yeah. Can we yeah, assume, so. I think he's 28th round, Levi Smith is following in the footsteps of Gansler and... I know, we, Peru, yeah, as I, the, as the I, first I haven't gotten confirmation on him um, or uh, Gabe Clark from Oregon State, yeah. uh, the first baseman. Uh, I can pretty much say one of those guys will join us. I'm not sure which one. Right. Um, all those guys are down in Florida right now for the minicamp this week, and they're kind of – it's really a crash course between the scouts, the SOM, and then our player development people that will see them for this week, and they kind of make a decision from there. But I think one of those guys will be here for sure. I haven't even seen the roster yet. Has anyone come down from Lansing? Is there any surprises? Uh, no, no one from Lansing. Um, uh, we will have a couple uh, meet us in Salem, but I wish I could tell you, but it's not confirmed yet. Right. I would get in trouble, but uh, it's going to be two pitchers. That's all I know. And there's the manager, John Schneider, of the Vancouver Canadians, talking about this upcoming season and early on in that conversation with about John Harris, um, who will be joining the team. Who else did they did they say... Um, would end up in Vancouver, at least for a brief stint, Charlie? Well, you, you'll hear during the interview, because I asked him, is anyone coming down? I hadn't actually had the uh, roster put in my hand yet when okay. we were interviewing him, so I had no idea who was actually even on the team. Um, and you'll hear him say, I asked if anyone was coming down from Lansing, and I was kind of thinking that there was a chance, maybe a, a, a small chance that one or two starters might come down. Um, Jesus Tinoco or, or Sean Reed Foley, one of the younger guys, but yeah. they've actually thrown the ball quite well up in up in Lansing, um, and so we'll just, we'll talk talk about that a bit more with Jim Sakowski. So he mm -hmm. kind of Schneider kind of said, "Oh, we know there's two bullpen guys coming down, but I don't want to name them just yet because I'm not sure if we're allowed." It came out right away after I got home, and Jesse Goldberg Strasso, the uh, the play-by-play. -play man for the, the Lansing Douglas confirmed it was Michael Kraft and the second Canadian, Andrew Case, both of whom mm. pitched for the Seas last year. Yeah. So those are the two guys that are uh, that joined the team from Lansing. And then, yeah, coming from the draft, I mean, Schneider said a bunch. I mean, we know Carl Wise, the fourth rounder, is going to be one of them. Again, just, it was interesting to me. I, I didn't really realize what he mentions it during the interview there that they get them all into Dunedin for a mini camp. And it's kind of, you know, they get the scouts that scouted them mm -hmm. and, you know, recommended they get they be drafted. <laughs> and then the scouts in Dunedin or, or coaches or evaluators, whatever you want to call them. And they all sort of get together and say, right, okay, wh where do we actually slot this guy? Um, so, you know, where, what happens, you know, for the rest of the guys? I don't know. I mean, there's a, there's a couple guys that jump out to you. Um, 
from the draft that are, are going to be seized. I think I, I mentioned in the interview, I asked about the, the 28th rounder, Levi, Levi Smith. Mm-hmm. I probably just got that name wrong. I'm getting my Wi-Fi fired up right now. <laughs> um, and uh, Schneider said, yeah, maybe him, or there was a, a first baseman taken out of uh, Oregon as well, a couple of rounds ahead of him, like 25th round or whatever. Right. So, you know, one of those guys is going to be, is going to be the first baseman. Um, Carl Wise is going to be the, the third baseman. So, you know, unless they absolutely mash, those guys are probably Levi Scott, sorry, in the 28th round, oh, or yeah. <laughs> um, or Gabriel Clark out of Oregon in the um, in the 27th. No, sorry, 26th. Um, one of those guys is going to be the um, the first baseman going forward. Now, um, Wise is for sure playing third because I know there were some question marks around around him. Yeah, and as Schneider said, I mean, I asked him that question, you know, are, are they going to look to move him right away? Mm-hmm. Because that's what scouts are saying. He's going to have to move off third. And, and he said, you know, and I guess rightfully that, you know, it's his first taste of professional baseball. Let's not make him, you know, completely uncomfortable by also <laughs> asking him to change positions. So he's going to play third. Um, or get in his I, head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And he's going he's gonna to play third until they, someone within the organization decides that he can no longer play third. Um, and it's interesting. Um, my my tape cut out. I must have accidentally hit my phone on something. Um, so we missed. I asked him about Matt Smorrell, who who came to the Canadians for a bit at the end of last season. Pitched very yeah. well. Pitched as a starter. Big guy. And some yeah, big guy. Big stuff. You know, someone I had really ballooning this year, who didn't make a team full season team out of extended or sorry out of spring training. Um, and then must have got got injured, upper back injury, um, and then was just an extended a lot longer than I think anybody expected. And then finally got assigned to Dunedin a couple of weeks ago, and is a bullpen piece in Dunedin. So I asked John if 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 that was his lot in life going forward, and, and he basically said that it, it split right down the middle. You know, as far as uh, the evaluators or, or management within the Jays organization, mm-hmm. that some think he is. That's what he is—a bullpen piece, a two-pitch pitcher, fastball slider guy. And there's and there's others that you know do feel he can add that third pitch, the changeup, and, and be a starter. So they sent him to Dunedin, and the Sykowski interview. We we cover this a lot more, and he kind of explains some of the reasoning b- behind getting him out of extended. Um, you know, they're they're. They sent him to Dunedin to test him. It's a higher level than, you know, he only got to Vancouver last year, so he's skipping yeah. Lansing entirely, um, which is a big jump. And even Sikowski, who is often kind of poo-pooed the jump between Vancouver and Lansing, admits <laughs> that if you go from Vancouver to Dunedin, it's a pretty pretty big step. Um, Especially because so he didn't just, pitch all that much with Vancouver. Well, no, no, you know, with Bluefield. And he's an older guy than, than a lot of the other guys, but, you know, we know that because he broke his his foot in his senior senior year of high school. So basically, missed his entire draft year. Yeah, didn't didn't pitch at all. So yes, he's older, but his actual innings aren't really, you know, where they should be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's it's interesting. To, we'll see we'll see what happens with him. Um, but yeah, there's no kind of no names that really jump out as far as the starting staff here. Um, you know, other, other than Clinton. Yeah, well, it, you know, it, I, I saw a couple of tweets when I sent out the roster on, on Monday. I, I tweeted out the roster, and a couple of guys were like, oh, that's disappointing. But I think we were spoiled a bit last year. Yeah. You know, the, the years before that, you know, the, the, the rosters weren't that exciting either, especially to start. And then mm-hmm. throughout the season, we guys would come up through Bluefield. 
Um, and that's, you know, or even right at the end of the season, like Mitch Ney and Chase DeYoung, uh, Hyrule Laborte, you know, that, that's when they came. Um, and I think that could happen this year. And I asked John uh, specifically about guys like Nick Wells, Jacob Brents, um, Angel Perdomo, guys that would be considered prospects. Um, and he, he fully believes that they'll be here at some point this season. Um, so, yeah, I don't think we can, we, can, we can say we're disappointed just right now. We're going to get to see a, a decent team. Mm-hmm. And then throughout the season, we'll get to see more guys that – you know, are probably more prospect orientated. I guess we are a bit spoiled because we just have to remember it's we're, this isn't double A, this isn't even high A. <laughs> you know, well, so you yeah, can't really expect I mean, most of the teams in this league. The their their parent organizations don't really put as much thought into who they assign than I'm sure the the Blue Jays do about the Canadians just because of the market. Well, so, no, and then Schneider said that exactly. You know, the yeah. Blue Jays always make a, a concerted effort of, of putting a, a good product on the field here in Vancouver because, you know, the, the, the management of Vancouver and the fans themselves make for an excellent atmosphere. So mm-hmm. it's a two-way street. They want the players to experience the atmosphere here, and and they want the team to succeed to kind of self-generate that atmosphere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't think this, this team, you know, while looking at all the names, you may not – be blown away. It's going to be successful. There's there's quite a few returnees, um, and then yeah, we're going to get you know Carl Wise as a as a fourth round pick is a pretty exciting I think addition. Obviously John Harris when he's here is going yeah. to be fabulously exciting. Um, and then if if we get the chance to see Jake Brents and 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 Wells, then and then uh, Sikowski mentions a couple of injured guys later, and oh. Sorry, I'm sitting here rambling away so much, I forgot that before I could get the tape going and we were in the middle of the John Harris conversation, I asked about uh, Max Pentecost. And and John sort of told me what he was going through right now. He's basically doing everything, every drill. He's hitting live pitching, live BP. He's doing all the catcher's drills. He's, He's doing everything bar throwing. He's on a throwing program similar to what say Jose Bautista would have been. This is his second shoulder surgery, which is what everybody kind of got worried about. Like, oh, okay, hang on a second. Two shoulder surgeries on a catcher. Is this going to affect his ability to be a catcher? And, Before and, he's even, what, 23? 22 or 23, yeah. yeah. Um, Schneider said unequivocally, no, he, he's going to be a catcher. Um, it, obviously, these were setbacks, but not, you know, you know, career-threatening injuries. It's not going to ruin him. By career-threatening, I mean position-threatening. It's not going to ruin him. He's probably throwing 75, 90 feet on flat ground right now. Once he starts ramping that up to 120 or so, then he'll start doing throwing drills from from the catcher's position. And he thought it might only be two weeks away before he gets assigned. I mean, that's probably a bit aggressive. but And then he even threw up a tidbit that, there were there was talks that he might come to Vancouver to start as well, um, oh. which would be exciting. So, you know, we're sitting here talking about having no prospects, and also <laughs> in two weeks we might have Wise, Harris, and Pentecost. So it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Pretty good. You know, it, it was just uh, we all got thrown a bit because last year we had Castro, Barreto, uh, Laborte, um, Torado to start the yeah. season. It was like holy moly, look look at these names. Yeah. Um, you know, we're we're going to get to see our prospects this year. There's no doubt. Now we'll get to a few other players uh, before we do. We'll save Sykowski for last because he's sort of the well, he's longest. 
Well, he's the longest, and he's the he's far and away the greatest interview I've ever had. As, wow. And I know I haven't been doing this very long, but he's the never easiest guy to talk that's, to. That's true, and <laughs> you know, he he speaks with an honesty, and he looks at problems with you know a very direct approach, which yeah. often you don't get, uh, which is fantastic. Well, we'll get to first of all, we'll get to Lane Thomas. Did you want to talk about Lane for a little bit? Yeah. So when we were talking to Schneider, as, as we just heard. You know, Thomas has been moved around a bit. You know, he, all the scouts you talk to, he's he's basically a premium athlete, which who played outfield in high school, and, and the Jays kind of weren't sure that was going to be his natural position going forward. He's got a strong arm. Moved him around a bit, moved him to third. Now he's he's at second, and apparently that's going to be his position going forward. Uh, Schneider threw an Aaron Hill comp on him, um, uh-huh. saying that's you know that's what his body type is right now. As as you'll hear in this interview, he's he's heard a few other comparisons um thomas himself i think he, he says michael young um you know so a hitting second baseman with a strong arm maybe not the best footwork in the world because it's not his natural natural position but it, it'll be interesting he's definitely the, the most exciting position player i think even even when carl wise shows up mm. we'll say he's the most exciting position player you know just because he's so young he's only 19 right now um you know, signed in the draft in the fifth round. I think they overpaid for him um, at the time. You know, his, his, his baseball reference page says he's six one two ten. He standing next to him. He definitely does not look six one two ten. Smaller or bigger? Be, smaller for okay. sure. Um, I I could be wrong though. Um, but yeah, he's going to be a very interesting player to watch. Um, he's you know as he, as he says here, he doesn't think he's got a ton of pop, as in home run pop, but. Like Schneider mentioned, you know he, he's going to hit a lot of alleys, and he's, and he's got the speed to to turn doubles into triples. So, he, I think he's going to be a fun guy to watch. All right, well, let's hear from him. It's Lane Thomas of the Vancouver Canadians. You've moved around the diamond quite a bit as a pro. John yeah. just told us that second base is oh, your yeah. position going forward. How do you feel? Like it a lot. You know, it's kind of you know sketchy on it at first, you know, because I never played there before, and you know I hadn't even really played infield until I got here because I played a little bit in high school, you know, early, but. You know, since I've gotten here, it's pretty much been, you know, all infield, a little bit of outfield early on, but it's been really good. What do? How did you feel in your first pro season coming out of high school? Like I you thought, said, were you an outfield? You played a bit of third, moved around yeah, a bit? Yeah, it was good. Um, played outfield. I'm really comfortable in the outfield. I played there all, all summer. Um, but it was, diff- it was it was really difficult, you know, especially with the talent of players you're playing against and how hard they're hitting balls at you and just kind of learning the, how, to, how to go forward at one or come back. Just, just the movements with your feet is the most important part, you know. So that was, that was the toughest part for me was just – just moving around and moving your feet to put you in a good position to make a play, you know. So what goes through your head when you keep changing positions? I mean, do you, do you sit there and you start to maybe doubt yourself or doubt whether there's oh, I mean, any kind of a plan as to where they? Yeah, works? absolutely. Sometimes you know, you, but, but I mean, it, it doesn't stick. You know, it's just maybe like one play you'll mess up. You, you just gotta shake it off and move on to the next one because you know, shoot even big league guys that make errors. You know, so that's kind of how I have to look at it, especially with being you know not very experienced there. So. It's been good overall, but it's, it's definitely been tough. John says it kind of reminds you of like an Aaron Hill type okay. player. Yeah, I've got an Aaron Hill. I've got Michael <laughs> Young, you know, that kind of type player. So, yeah, I mean, just get, being able to get compared to big leaders is, you know, probably a good thing. So, Who, uh, who among Major League second basemen do you see yourself trying to model your game after? Is there a player that is looking um, at? I don't know about present. I mean, you know, I don't really compare myself to my present, but I guess looking at a swing, and that would be Michael Young, just a swing. I'm not saying, you know, I'm anywhere close to as good as him. You know, just, just maybe the way our swing looks and maybe with the way we play the game. 
where do you see yourself offensively? Where where do you think you'll be? A, a power hitter or more slash run? A little run? bit of both. Yeah. You know, I can hit a little bit of power. Not 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 a lot of power, but every once in a while I can get a hold of one. So yeah. Is it maybe just when you look at left field here? Does it <laughs> entice you a little? Yeah, bit? absolutely. It looks pretty short out there. So Compared to what can, it has been, yeah. yeah maybe I can maybe I can get around on some balls and pull them a little bit. Yeah. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And what's What's the plan? Do they do they talk to you? Are you gonna be here for the full season, or have they said you know do what you can and then see what happens? You know, I guess it's always a possibility of getting moved. Yeah. You know, I haven't really heard anything about you know getting moved anytime. I mean, they haven't told me a schedule really. So yeah. You know, I'd always like to get moved. Not not saying that I don't like it here. I love it here. It's awesome. But you but know, everybody's trying to, get, to move. Exactly. Yeah. That's the point of us being here in the first place. Is you know to make the big leagues. So it'd be great either way. I'd be happy. So yeah, it should be good. Excellent. Well, good luck. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And there you have it. Lane Thomas, Vancouver Canadian second baseman. A uh, bit of a shorter interview that time. Not very uh, talkative, I guess. Been a long day for him, maybe. But uh... Well, no, he kept talking <laughs> to some of the other guys, but I think by that time I I wanted to. <laughs> uh... Like I said, I knew I'd missed the small, um the comments from John Snyder, so I cut out a bit just to write some notes. Hmm. Um, so that's my fault. Oh. He, ta- he talked to the other guys about where how he got started in baseball. and. Uh and uh, how his dad got him into it and stuff like that. I think he's from a, he's from kind of, it says here in Knoxville, Tennessee, but he said that he grew up on a farm and had horses and stuff like that. So oh. his, uh, his family was, uh, were farmers and, and he played baseball from a, from a young age and probably farm strong. Living the say. American dream. Sounds like playing exactly. for the Canadians. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, there's one other player. Speaking of Canadians, we'll get to is Sean Ratcliffe who is a bullpen piece, but he's a Canadian. And at the time, he was the only Canadian on the roster. Um, and you chatted with him about that. And anything else important that comes up? No, he was he was, he was actually a pretty fun interview. He was a loose guy. You know, I think he said a little bit of hockey. hockey. Played hockey yeah. as a kid. Now, <laughs> now his his line says he's 6'4", 220. He, he's flat out huge. So I'm, <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't make it much further as a hockey player because he's a big dude. Um, Goalies are big these days. Grew up, grew up playing hockey. Uh, sorry, uh, catcher for the uh, for the for the Ontario Blue Jays, okay. uh, which is sort of the equivalent of our British Premier League uh, over here, like Langley Blaze, where where Brett Lowry and those guys came out of. Yeah. Um, uh, and then I think he was just sent to the mound one game, and and his coach just said, "Right, you're full time bullpen," and and that's how he went from there. So had a good breaking ball, I think a curveball at the time. Which he shelved for a for a slider now, um, and we talk a bit about his experience playing for Canada down in Australia at the um, the, mm. the youth games. Um, yeah, so interesting guy. Um, I think he's pretty excited about being here. Doesn't have a lot of family out here, as he says, but still, you know, he's like love being in Canada, even if it's five hours from where I'm from, kind of thing. Yeah. Well, let's hear what he has to say. It's Sean Ratcliffe. A relief pitcher for the Vancouver Canadians. Yeah, I played a lot of hockey until I was about 15, right before I turned 16 was my last year of organized hockey. It seems like Andrew Case was here last year and he had similar stories. Like he was into curling and hockey, and then at 15 and curling, 16 no, he had to. Curling, not me. No? <laughs> no, that's my little sister. She can do curling. Okay. I can't. No, I'm not that balanced for a baseball player. It's surprising. Really? Yeah. But curling, no, not me. I'm a, I was a hockey guy. I still am a hockey guy. I love playing hockey. 
it's where my heart and soul was, was hockey, but in the long run, I saw more of a career in baseball. And it's turned out to be true so far. So, Taking at 15 or 16, you probably had to make some sort of uh, I made choice. It, I made it uh, before the season that it was going to be my last year of hockey, and I told my coach that, and that's how we went about it. And coach said, okay, just play every game. And so it was my last year of hockey. And it, was, it was probably one of the toughest decisions to do in the first place, but it was definitely, definitely a good decision. And John said that you're going to be in the bullpen to start. Is that where you envision yourself going uh, forward? Or? That's where I've always been, just to the fact that I was a catcher before and right. became a pitcher a few months before the draft. And they just saw me as a reliever, and that's where I've been since I've been pro ball with the Jays. And I, I do see myself staying in the back end. What do you, what do you throw? Uh, fastball sign and change up. Fastball in what sort of velocity? Uh, about low, mid 90s. Okay. What's your best pitch? Shoot my fastball. Fastball. When, uh, so if you go from being a catcher then to being a pitcher, what goes into or what what went into that decision? Because I'm sure it's not an easy. I, one. I always had a good arm growing up. Yeah. Uh, always always had that to my ability. And uh, as I got older, um, I was catching and pitching here and there. And uh, the Ontario Blue Jays they actually uh, they asked me if I wanted to throw the season before. Um, the draft, and I said, I'm, I still want to catch, and then we went down to Florida for spring training with them, and uh, threw a couple of innings against the Mets double-A squad, and from there, it's pretty much, yeah, you're not a catcher anymore, it's, you're, you're just a pitcher now. When you were a catcher, had you been working on no. pitches like change-ups? No, I w- it was pretty much, just give me the ball, I knew how to throw a fastball and a change-up, and then I had a curveball then, but not anymore, I can't throw that thing, so I just throw a slider now, and I've started to actually hone in on it. Um, controlling all three pitches. What kind of change do you throw? Is it circle or more of a split? Uh, more of a, it's more like a fast change. Just shifting the fingers to the uh, middle finger and the right finger and throwing it off the fingertips. Right. And what's the separation velo wise? Uh, some days it can be five miles an hour, some days it'll be 12 miles an hour. It all depends on the day and how sticky my hand is from the heat, but up here it'll probably be in the about 10 miles difference just because it's better weather than Florida was. Yeah. <laughs> and what do you see? A one inning guy or maybe a couple innings out of the pen? I go as long as they tell me to go. Excellent. What do you think of the ballpark? Oh, love it. it I've seen photos of it and it's just uh, from past years and showing up yesterday, it was like, wow, this is this is a ballpark. <laughs> this is probably the nicest ballpark I've seen for a minor league team that's been local. Even though there's not many, but definitely one of the nicest ballparks in Canada for sure. As a pitcher, do you look at left field and does that worry you at all? I mean, they've moved the fence in 15 feet. It's now six feet lower, six feet taller. Does that worry you? No, because no, uh, I've always, this year especially, I was uh, extended and um, was down the zone and had a lot of ground ball outs. Didn't have much, many hits and many fly ball outs or anything. So it doesn't worry me as long, at all as long as I stay low in the zone and continue to do that, and I'll be fine with the, the shorter porch and left. What's extended like? Is it the grind that we all hear it is? Yeah, it, it is a grind. That The grind you hear about is a grind. It is. It's it's fun. It's it's fun six days a week, early in the morning, in the hot sun. Uh, same thing every day, but it's definitely worth it in the long run. Hopefully this is your last season. Hopefully. And there you go. That kind of wraps up the player interviews. That was Sean Ratcliffe with Charlie Kasky on Monday. And, yeah, we just have one more interview to get to before we wrap things up here on this podcast. It's... Sort of a long one just because we have so much content to get to. Um, but uh, but we'll get Jim Sykowski coming up in just a second. And uh, he, he's really the, the, the big one because you talk you cover pretty much everything with him, right? 
everything. You know, <laughs> like I, I do this. This is my worst worst trait as an interview. I say last question and then I ask about <laughs> ten more because every time I I ask one question, it kind of leads into another one. Um, I think last time we you had him on the show when you just called him up randomly, you said that about ten times too. So. Yeah, he's uh, used to well, it. <laughs> like I said, yeah, he must be used to it, and he's just such a great guy to talk to. I mean, I I love speaking with him, and 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 um, he's got so many interesting things to say. Like when he talks about you know drafting guys and, and giving them a bunch of money, you know his his views that they should be polished because. If you're going to give a high school kid a bunch of money, he's always going to revert back to what made him successful in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's tough to to tinker with their mechanics, even though they they fully need to be tinkered with. Yeah, you know it, it's hard because these kids are at eighteen, nineteen. So well, no, you just give me two million bucks because I'm such a great pitcher. Why <laughs> would I want to change my mechanics? So yeah, it's a uh, it, it's a great interview. Um, touch on loads of pitchers throughout the organization. And you remember he was in New Hampshire last year, yep. so saw guys like Matt Boyd, Dan Norris come through. And what was his reason uh, for coming back? Do you remember just more comfortable here? Or? I, you know what? That is one question I didn't ask him because his stock answer to whenever I asked that is that at the end of the season, he just hopes to have a job and he doesn't care where <laughs> they send him. So the, the better person to ask would have been, you know, Charlie Wilson or Alex Anthopoulos as yeah. to why they assigned uh, Sikowski back. Yeah. As, as he says a couple times throughout this interview, that's above my pay grade. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure if I'd asked him that question, that's the exact response he would have given me. There you go. Uh, I think like these pitching coaches that, that do the minor leagues, it's almost a little bit of a harder job than the guy in, in the pro level. Obviously, the pro level, you know, you have a lot of more pressure on, on working with big league guys, but the, the guys in the minors, and I think this is probably why Sikowski is such a good interview, is they're almost seen as as talent evaluators alongside teachers of these young kids um, because they're they're the guy that the Alex Anthopoulos and, and the other people in the organization are going to go to when they want an opinion on a certain pitcher or an update on a certain pitcher and that's probably why he's able to talk about him so much because he's that's part of his job right is, is to, to gain some insight on, on what he thinks about these guys um, which is sort of our job as well when we're, we're trying to decipher these prospects and and do you think that's another reason why he's, he's such a good interview? I think so. Yeah, I mean, they they write a report after every game of of what they saw mm-hmm. that night. You know, technically, what was how many pitches were thrown, what was thrown, and and also I'm guessing a little bit of um, their own opinion. So it's a nightly occurrence for them to be writing writing up reports for the rest of the organization, mm-hmm. and that's what everybody else kind of goes by. I mean, obviously, Anthopoulos makes makes a trip out here a couple times a year, and so does Charlie Wilson and and all the other guys. But you know, other than that, they're not looking at video they're they're reading the reports from jim and john and, and dave Pano, the uh the hitting coach so yeah I, I think that's what it is you know they see all these players and and even if they they haven't seen them and and he says that well i haven't seen them this year or didn't see them last year but he's you know jim's still reading the reports from you know vince up in dunedin and, yeah. and and the other pitching coaches throughout the organization as to what they're seeing as well and hopefully Hopefully they do it all with paper and a much more secure email system than the Houston Astros do it with. Yes, <laughs> I think that's what they do. But as it came out after that, the Blue Jays admitted they they don't leave a shred of paper behind whenever they go on the road, there you um, go. and they they up their security. <laughs> I think what did they say the reasoning was? They just they they fired the GM who went to. Oh no, he went to Astros, but he used the same password that he used with the Cardinals 
and they oh, were able, really? yeah, and they just tried it and it worked. And that was, well, so the, the moral of the story is don't use the same password for everything throughout I your whole remember, life. I remember yeah. this. I, a buddy of mine accidentally, I, I worked in a sporting goods store selling hockey gear, and a friend of mine that worked in the same store left his debit card behind for whatever <laughs> reason. And we all, we just like, oh, let, let's just give it a go. Let's try his hockey. He was number 22. Let's try that twice. <laughs> yeah, bingo. All right. It's your fault. You're going to be that dumb. Or your birthday, your birth year. Yeah. That's not yeah. another one. Yeah. So I think we went up to the bar upstairs and bought a couple of pictures and then let him in on the secret. Hey, those are on you. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You think a professional baseball organization would be a little smarter than your buddy down at the sporting goods store, but. Uh... Well, yeah. And you think that they, uh, yeah. <laughs> You'd be surprised, it's I guess. Boggles the mind, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> well, off topic, but we'll get to Jim Sykowski now and then wrap things up because we're going a little bit long. It's going to be a, a longer interview with Jim Sykowski. Uh, so let's hear what he had to say about uh, a lot of the pitchers in the Toronto Blue Jays organization, Jim Sykowski. With Jim Sykowski, now I've, I've only just gotten uh, sweated all over it. What do you see the, uh, the starting rotation shaping out? Obviously, Clinton Holland's coming uh, off TJ, a couple of returnees by the looks of it. Right. Holland's going to start game one. Uh, Evan Smith, game two. He was in Bluefield last year. Game three will go to Mr. Rios. I believe it's Rios. Game four will be Wandling. He pitched a little bit here last year. Uh, he also opens up here. Uh, when we come back here, right, and the next day will be a combination of Leeds and Fisk. Leeds and Fisk, okay. That's the six, right? Yeah, and Leeds was here last year. I don't, I can't remember if he started or relieved last year. He started last year, didn't he? Um, maybe not the velocity and power that we saw at the beginning of last season. But what do you see with this rotation? Uh, I think it's a work in progress. We'll we'll know more when we get the draft guys in. Those guys will, will fill out some roles, uh, but we have we have a little bit of mixture of everything. Holland can bring it up there pretty good. Um, we got some crafty veteran type guys in Wandling and Fisk. Uh, Leeds has got to improve. He knows he's got to be more hungry than he was last year. Uh, I don't think I kind of think he had a down year last year here. Maybe the league overmatched him. He just get out of high school. Uh, Rios is a strike thrower, uh, but he's got a little power behind him. But he's more of a finesse guy. Uh, our bullpen right now, I'm not sure what we have. It's, it's very right. similar to what we had a couple years ago uh, with the Dorsett, James, uh, those kind of guys. Hoping to get some good spurts out of them. Um, and then, like I said, depending on what we get in the draft and those guys coming, Fresh We got a couple guys coming down that are going to help solidify the bullpen. So is it just bullpen pieces coming down? Because they've they've been quite aggressive with some of their placements up in Lansing, and I know you know Tinoco and Sean Rifoli have pitched quite well. I was maybe thinking Connor Green might come down, but he's actually starting today. So I'm now I'm not so sure. Is it just bullpen I, guys? I don't see any of those guys coming. No, I think it's just going to be a couple of bullpen guys. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's good for those guys to, to pitch in that league. Yeah, um, because next year they're going to be competing either in that league again or into Dunedin, and they have the pitch ability to pitch in Dunedin, so they need to be where they're at now. Right. Yeah, uh, and I hated to see them go when they left extended spring because they're looking forward to having them come here, but uh, they're just too good. Can't hold them back. Just yeah. gotta let them pitch. I'm a bit surprised not to see uh, 
Angel Perdomo. I'm not sure I pronounced that right. exactly right. Perdomo. I, I sort of expected him to come here. Was he close or? Uh, me either. I, I think, yeah, him and there's a couple others that, that probably were borderline. Uh, John mentioned I asked him about Nick Wells and Jacob Brents. Well, two younger, more yeah, raw three, guys. Those three were all right there. Um, best case scenario for us is that they go there, they overpower that league. Bluefield, I'm assuming. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then they move here. Okay. That would be best case scenario. Uh, you don't want to start a kid here and then him not get off to a good start, right. and then him have to go to Bluefield. Um, Jacob Brents and Wells are in that category where if they were start here and did bad, then pushing them down would be like a, a setback, right? And we don't want to. We want to make sure that they have uh, they have a chance to pitch. Uh, maybe not as competitive. Some teams. There are some teams in that league that that would do well in this league. There's just not as many. Right. Uh, the worst team in this league would probably be one of the top teams there. And they have about three teams that that is their like short season A club. Yeah. Not everybody has a seven club. Just like the Jays. Right. So. so they, they put in most of their best college players into that. So it's good that they get a mix. They pitch against some of those teams, and they get to pitch some teams that, that probably don't have stacked lineups. Right. Uh, whereas here, you're going to get a stacked lineup almost every night. It's going to be pretty good, you know, one through eight or something like that. So hopefully they get off to a good start. Confidence going. They come here. We send some of our guys out. Right. Uh, just that same, that same shift. Now there's a chance that John Harris comes here at some point, hopefully straight away. What have, what have you heard about him? I know he's, he's he's signed, I guess. He's still waiting to go do his physical, and I'm sure visa. Oh, well, he that. already did his physical. He did? Yeah. Okay. Uh, probably waiting on the visa. Uh, I think he has his passport, from what I heard. Uh, signed. He's down in Florida, throwing some sides. And then my guess is he'll be up here probably in Iowa. My guess yeah. is that he probably makes it here when we come back from the road. And stuff. Oh, okay, wow. Yeah. And could it, I mean, he's quite polished from all the scouting reports. There is projectability. So I, is there yeah. a chance it's a Stroman like two weeks or so just Maybe. to give him no the, the atmosphere? I'm not, okay. That's higher than my pay grade. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's higher than your pay grade. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I mean, the Stroman. I don't know if they're exclusively starting him or because Stroman came out of the pen here. Yeah. Right, so it might take a little bit longer to stretch him out. And uh, well, he's already, this guy is a starter. True, sorry. So I don't know. I know he had 103 innings in college. Right. So where's our ceiling for him? Do we want him to go 150 innings? Now, how many innings do we want him to have here? Right. And then move to the next level. Uh, where do we want him to end up? Do we want him to end up in Dunedin or New Hampshire with... 30 innings left or 20 innings left. Right. That's all above my pay grade. So I would expect we'd get them for how long, I don't know. Speaking of first rounders, Anthopoulos earlier in the spring had said, you know, like a lot of top prospects, he wanted to get Jeff Hoffman up here for a spell. I'm guessing he was, he was just too good when his year anniversary came up, which is the benchmark. What yeah. did you see when you saw him down in spring training? Uh, he looked good. Yeah. 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 Uh, I think he's going to be a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Good that he's now in that league, and I know he's got like a four ERA, which is great. He hasn't. He at times is a little over cocky. Right. Thought that, you know, 
he actually thought that some of the college players that he faced were better than some players that he'd be facing. He, he almost thought that like college baseball was big league. Right. Almost compared it as close. Where college baseball is about high A. Yeah. The talent level. So. Oh, we've seen that numerous times. Everyone. Yeah. So now he's going to get a taste of it. When he figures it out, he's going to be special. I think, you know, it'd be wise to be conservative, maybe send him to the AFL this year. But there are plenty of pundits out there that believe he could end up, you know, September call-up as a bullpen piece or something like that. I mean, from stuff-wise, do you yeah. think he could pitch there this year? Uh, I don't, I don't or is know. He... Uh, me, personally, I wouldn't unless we're in the hunt. We needed that arm there. Yeah. Uh, if we're not in the hunt, then why start the clock early? Yeah. We can always... Next year, start him in AAA or something like that. And let him, you know, we jumped the clock here with Daniel Norris and, and those other guys. And now they're they're pitching okay in AAA. Do we? When do we bring them up? Yeah. Uh, if we're in the hunt, we need power arms. Then yeah, got to do what you got to do to win. Uh, power arm. Yep. Um, we talked a bit of in the offseason about Matt Small. You said he was close on the cusp of Lansing, and then I guess he developed a bit of a shoulder and upper back injury and yeah. kind of knocked him back a bit. Now he's yeah. in the bullpen of Deneen, which he's was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. So is that – I asked John – It was John like a change of scenery type thing for him. Yeah. yeah. Florida ex- extended is, is very tough as a player. Uh, it's early in the morning. It's in the, the heat of the, the – the, the day uh, it's just not pleasant getting your work in uh, there's 50 players that you're around instead of like 10 or 15 pitchers it's not it's not like baseball it's camp yes it's I, I don't even have a good word for it uh, some kids develop but a kid of age when he was older he just needs to go off to a team somewhere and, and try and get get his niche. He had a good year last year. He pitched pretty well here. Uh, should have went to Lansing. It's a little setback. Uh, and we tried to get him back and he just, he just it didn't respond. And, right. and probably the the atmosphere around him didn't help at all. So gave him a new look. Went to Dunedin. Pitched a couple of good games. Had some bad ones. But he's getting in the everyday routine of, of uh, real baseball being around the team. Being around the team. A pitching With coach teams. that focuses on them. Right. Being able to have 10, 11 pitchers to work with instead of 50. Yeah. Now, you would have had Matt Boyd for a couple – I think he came up twice last year in New Hampshire yeah. and struggled both times. Obviously, yeah. he, he must have either made some adjustments. I spoke to Mike Reeves in the offseason. He said he was throwing rocket fuel when he came to spring training, so maybe he put he on a, a bit of job. weight. So had his first start in AAA yesterday, which went very well. Yep. What what was the differences, or what did you see this well, year? I, I think last year, I, I haven't seen him this year. I saw yeah. him in spring training. Uh, I think he's a little more confident with the, the baseball being every fifth day now, the, the work, how it's done. Last year in, in uh, New Hampshire, it may have been trying to do too much, trying to be too good, uh, and not just slowing the game down, making one quality pitch at a time. Uh, now he's he's very confident. Uh, he's making his pitches. His fastball command is much better than it was last year. So, And that's where it all starts, his fastball command. Yeah. So when that's, when that's better, everything else is going to get better. 
Um, another guy you had here and came up last year, Taylor Cole. Is, he's kind of a little bit opposite. He's struggling a bit in double A. Um, we've spoken about him before, where he was maybe trying to just fool guys all the time with his with his changeup, which is excellent. Yeah. Is that still maybe the case, or? Well, I think he's using his fastball more, but I just don't think. Uh, there's a time when people top out. Yeah. I'm not saying he's topped out, but maybe as a starter, maybe it's time to maybe adjust if his stuff is good enough to stay there or go to the pen and maybe try and let him throw even harder. Because uh, in junior college, he was 94 to 97. Yeah, but we've never seen that again after he did his mission. Exactly. Yeah. And so uh, is it because he's pacing himself every fifth day? I don't know. Is it in there? I don't. We don't know. we got to find it. Right. Uh, if not, then he's just going to be a crafty righty, and uh, those guys do make it, but it's going to be tough. <laughs> it's got to be really good. Kale, can you just give us a, uh, just a quick impression of what, you know, second and third round this year were two raw high school guys. Justin Maizy, I think, was a pop-up guy they talk about, you know, from West Texas where didn't get scouted a lot, and then all of a sudden showed up this year throwing, throwing gas. But... Every scouting report you hear, these steroids. <laughs> Must be steroids. <laughs> that, I have no idea. That, but, I know nothing no, but, about them. I saw a video, but that's all I no, saw. No, but that their, you know, their delivery probably needs work. Now what? And I mean, same with Dan Norris. When he came here, he even knew my mechanics need overhauling. Does that start from day one? Like, right, we've seen the video. This is what we need to do. Or do you let them pitch for a while and kind of get a feel for what they can do, and then start to tinker? It's a catch twenty-two. Right. It's a it's a tough situation. So you tell a Daniel Norris, you just signed for $2.5 million, and we're going to change you. Everything. So if we change you and you get worse, then whose fault is it? Right. If we don't change you, and you, you struggle, get, and you struggle, then you'll be willing to make the changes. But everyone always kind of reverts back to what made them successful. You give a kid $2.5 million out of high school, he's going to revert back to what was successful that worked for him in high school instead of seeing the big picture of what's going to work in the big leagues. So it's very tough when you give a guy a lot of money and then knowing you have to make changes because they're not willing to make changes because what they were doing made them millions of dollars. It's tough. Right. So... My philosophy is if you're going to pay someone over a million dollars, they better be polished. Yeah, okay. There better not be a whole lot of work. Uh, there might be some projection that this guy might throw harder, this, that. But mechanically, it's got to be sound, got to be good. It's, it's you can't project. You can draft project guys, but once you give them the money, it's gone. The project's over. It's... But the Blue Jays draft nothing but project guys. <laughs> You said that. I didn't say that. <laughs> True. But they seem to have a, a mold that they look for in high school guys, at least. I have no least. idea what they're looking Tall, skinny, this projectable. Year, this, this year was taller, yes. There's some you know, even John Harris is 6'3", 180 or something like that. So he looks right. like he might have some ability to put on right. some weight. Yeah. And, well, we, we took you know. that guy right there, Clint Holland, gave him money. And he's, hey, he gave Marcus Stroman a bunch of money, too. So you're right. There isn't he's a, polished. Yes. Very polished. If anyone can come back from ACL in six months, is it him? Sure, but he won't. No? He's at school at Duke right now. Yeah, but he's working out, he says. He says he'll be back in September. <laughs> if he'd be back in September, he'd be down at the complex working out. Right. <laughs> we need him back. I just don't see it. Us optimists think they're going to be in it come September, and he would be I a huge so. addition. That's why, that's why the, the Hoffman 
scenario is interesting because if it does come down to where we need the arm, he's got the arm. There's no doubt about it. There's 97, 98 in there, easy, on, a, on every night. So there's power arms. We just got to make sure, you know, even even if it came down to Daniel Norris out of the bullpen for an inning or something like that, I, I would, I would, I would do it. Could could Hoffman? I think his, his second best pitch is his curveball. Could he just be a fastball curveball guy out of the out of the bullpen? No, no, no. Curveball reminds me sometimes of uh, I don't know if you remember a Greg Olson. Sometimes it's yeah. real big and it bites. Umpires don't like to call those pitches. Right. So. He's got a, a slurvy slider type that's that's a good quality strike pitch. The curveball is better, but the slurvy is one that the umpires call more for strikes. So he's he's going to have to rely on more than a couple pitches. Right. But he's got them. I mean, he's, he's got a pretty good changeup, too. I remember, I think it was a couple years ago, Carlos Ramirez used to sit on that line and ping balls over the fence over there. So he had a lot of arm, couldn't hit much. Right. What's he been like? Is a, I mean, his bullpen stats uh, look all right, actually. Yeah, he's uh, he's he's been up and down this year. Yeah. I think sometimes his tempo gets a little too slow. Uh, the quality of his pitches are good. He's got a good fastball. He's got a good breaking ball. Um, but thinking man's game is not really one of his fortes. Right. So he really doesn't pick up what the hitters are doing. What's my next pitch to get that out? Uh, he's just pretty much a thrower. Whatever that catcher throws down is what he's going to throw. Right. So that's why it's a tough game. Uh, you got guys with talent but really can't put it together in their mind of sequencing how to get guys out. And then there's guys with not a whole lot of talent that just understand how to get guys out and just just do their thing. And we've, we've been fortunate to have throughout the years some of those kind of guys. Speaking of which, Sean, I'd said two weeks ago, I think I jinxed him that Shane Dawson surely isn't much longer for the, the Midwest League, and then he had his two worst starts after I said it. <laughs> but um, He knows how to get guys out. But he knows how to get guys right. out without the premium stuff that some other guys have. Exactly. One other injury update. Sorry, I, I half expected to see Adonis Cardona here. Is he still behind, or is he going to Bluefield? No, he just had surgery. He just had surgery. Yeah. So what was this one? Because he broke uh, his elbow last year. Right. Uh, they went in and took a screw out that was in there. Right. And they replaced it with some bone marrow and uh, and put a plate on it. Oh, jeez. And so the plate won't be... It's another year. Yeah. Unfortunately. Another he was throwing years. very good. He would have been in Dunedin. Oh, really? Wow. He was on his way to Dunedin the next day. Wow. And then he came up sore. <laughs> And how have you heard much about how Torado's reacting to the bullpen? He he's been he's up fine. and down. He's doing good. But he's doing well. Yeah. Picked up yeah. the save last night. Yeah. So yeah, he's doing good. Labort's kind of iffy sometimes. Yeah, he's been a bit up and down. He's had some uh, really good starts. Yeah. But, but um, so, it's we'll a testing see. level for those guys. Well, Dunedin is is a tougher. Yeah. Yeah. To skip Lansing basically for yeah. both of them, even though they both pitched there a little bit last year. Still, it's. It's tough to go to Dunedin. Yeah. But Toronto's doing well. He's feeling more comfortable, I guess. Good. Doing a good job. Excellent. Thanks, Jim. All right. Look yep. forward to seeing you again soon. And there you have it. It's Jim Sykowski, the pitching coach for the Vancouver Canadians. Used to be the pitching coach for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats last year. And, uh, yeah, he's he's a good guy to talk to, a good guy with a lot of information about pitchers that I'm sure everyone's interested in if you follow the Toronto Blue Jays and um, yeah, some great great in- info from these guys, Charlie. So thank you for going down on Monday and doing this. 
No, it was my pleasure. It was it was it was a great experience. As always, great to see the new park. Um, and yeah, like I said, can't wait for the season to start. Well, it is starting as we speak right now. Yeah, you're going away. You don't even care, obviously. But but that's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's live baseball for me is a ways away, unless you count, uh, of course, UK UK baseball. Um, but a couple of things before we go. There's, sure. It's actually. Uh, uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Lansing Lugnuts win tonight, and they were backed by uh, Chase DeYoung, who I mentioned earlier, someone that we saw the back half of uh, two seasons ago, yeah. and has, has struggled a bit, so kind of lost a bit of his prospect shine through a second straight game um, with 10 strikeouts. Today was a complete game. Wow. Pitched the Lugnuts to a, what was a 3-1 win, uh, which means that they've made the playoffs, won, won the first half, Oh, they do the half um, which, season. Okay, they do the half season as well, which which could lead to a bit of a a, a bit of a shuffle, um, as far as you know, maybe even someone like uh, and again, Chase struggled quite a bit at the beginning of the season, but two straight ten strikeout performances. I think it was seven before that, so he's had twenty seven strikeouts over his last three games. Wow. Um, could see him moving up to to Neiden, and and this kind of all goes back to our our Clinton Holland discussion. You know, will he move up? There's definitely going to be movement it's just a matter of, of when but Lansing having already made the playoffs they, they know they're in so I think there's going to be a bit of a shuffle um, and then Dan Norris was throwing well tonight um, speaking of Blue Jay depth <laughs> but it looks like that kind of went a bit sidetracked in the um, in the fifth or sorry the sixth gave up a couple of run runs surprised they let him go that long must have been below their pitch count I guess well, he's he's been he threw 101 pitches tonight, but again, mm. 58 only 58 for strikes. Yeah, um, he's getting himself in a little bit of trouble. Yeah, well, that's that's the thing, you know. He hasn't he just hasn't really been that efficient ever since he's gone down to Buffalo, um, which was the problem in Toronto as well. Yeah. So you know, if I know, hopefully, you know, everybody's got their fingers crossed that Sanchez's uh, lat strain isn't as bad as as as. You know, they say it's mild. Hopefully, it really is mild because the depth in the organization right now isn't isn't great. Randy Wolf, come on! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no Wolf, no DeBront. Copeland's um, been, been up and down. I guess you could say. Yeah, well, I think that's what. <laughs> hopefully, if he has to make another start, they're hoping he can bottle his first start and yep. and and do that because and then hopefully Sanchez comes back after that. Hey, at least the bats are are working and they're working again tonight. Oh uh, my God! been incredible even those two games in new york i thought they were you know they came up against two very good pitchers and, and were unlucky the first game when a bit of an odd defense to you know brett cecil not throwing the ball particularly well and then that odd no doubles defense which allowed the bloop double but we're getting off topic and we're probably running a bit long so <laughs> hey, it's always good we'll, to mix we'll, in a little blue jays talk in there as well We'll save the blue jays for talk for later i think what they've got baltimore now for the weekend don't they which is a big yeah. series big divisional um, opponent yeah and uh, like like throughout that eleven game streak, nobody else in the division is really losing. So it's not like they're making up a ton of ground. No, <laughs> other than the Red Sox, who are going well, through their own Instagram fiasco. Yeah, uh, I read. I only read the headline, so I'm not sure exactly what happened there. But yeah, they <laughs> they suck. They suck shit. <laughs> Farrell should be worried, I guess you're saying. Well, he's won a World Series, doesn't he? So That's who knows. True. His first year, so you couldn't have turned it around that much. But uh, yeah, was, exactly, he was yeah. following up Bobby Valentine. Yeah. So Valentine laid the foundation. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that, I guess. Yeah. Well, 
enjoy your beer, Charlie. Hopefully, have you had dinner yet? No, I'm going to go do that now. Yeah, go cook uh, some... Enjoy your your hockey game tonight. Make sure, make sure you uh, you show everybody how the reverse VH is done. Oh, I will. I'm I'm quite the expert on it. If you haven't followed me on Twitter yet, no, I'm, <laughs> I know full long you're expert on it. Uh, speaking of Twitter, follow Charlie at Charlie Kasky C C A S K E Y, and you were pushing for 400. Did you get there yet? We got there thanks to you and then uh, Ewan at Mentalk. Uh, <laughs> we got pushed over 400. Sorry, my kids are now coming in the bedroom. You might hear some voices in the background. Uh-oh. I'm at 401, so hopefully I stick there. Um, so thanks to everybody for following me. And, and Monday I spewed out a ton of great stuff um, from that from that Blue Jays, and, and I hope to have a post up, which we didn't talk about now because I didn't get it on video as I was leaving the stadium or on video on audio. I was just stepping in my car, and there's a guy walking the stadium. I'm like, I recognize that guy. And, yeah, future Hall of Famer, we hope, and uh, ex-Montreal expert. Tim Raines. Tim Raines. So jumped out of my car, snagged him, and that's the third time in three years that I've actually had a chance to interview him. Did he remember you? Well, I said, uh, yeah, you know, you give them the whole, hey, I'm Charlie, we've, we've had a chance to speak, ask, oh, yeah, hey, I remember you. <laughs> no, I don't remember you at all, dickhead. Say what you got to say, then move on. <laughs> oh, that's but a we, uh, we, uh, we talked about two, out, two outfielders in Lansing, Alfred and, uh, and DJ Davis, and we also talked about Tim LaCrasto. So I'm going to actually hopefully turn that into a post, my minor league review week. Did you record it? What, no, well, that's uh. the thing. I, it was kind of... It was it was very much uh, you know spur of the moment, so I didn't want to say, oh, do you mind if I pull out my phone? <laughs> uh, well, we'll keep the the Alfred. I think that'll be interesting. Alfred, uh, what he said about him, we'll, we'll tease that a little bit. Don't say anything. We'll just put it in your post, yeah. and hopefully, people we'll, will. We'll put it in my post. He has yeah. some interesting things to say about DJ Davis as well, Ooh. and and he'll be back. You know, he said he's he's with the team on the road trip, and then he heads down to Florida to check out the GCL Jays. Um, but he'll be back. So hopefully, this year I. I go through the correct channels and, and manage to grab them for an interview and, and I'll tape it this time for sure. Um, and, and we'll it. get them on. And then hopefully next, as, as I told you, um, I'm looking to get Lansing, current Lansing Lugnut and a uh, future Canadian baseball player, Shane Dawson on next week to talk a bit about right. what he expects to happen at the Pan Am games. So that's to look forward to. Lots of exciting content. Like we got on hiatus for a little while, but now we're back. Seems like we're swinging for the fences again. Yeah, of course I go away and ruin it all. <laughs> you call me the podcast killer. I don't know, Charlie. <laughs> You're right. Well, it's on me now. Thanks for doing this, and uh, we look forward to all that. Check it out, yourvancees.com, or on Twitter. Either way, you can you can find that stuff. Uh, thanks again for coming on, Charlie, even though you didn't make the drive out, but uh, appreciate you coming on. I'll make the drive out next time, and I'll bring the beers. <laughs> that's, that's the important part. That's the real reason I want you to come out. <laughs> But thank you for all listening, right. and uh, yeah, th- hopefully you enjoyed all the interviews with all of the players, and I guess thank those guys for, for taking the time to, to do that with you. And, yeah, uh, definitely. Thanks for that. Yeah, and thanks for, for coming out. We're going down there on Monday again, because that's uh, I think that's a, it's a big thing that we like to do every year, hopefully, for did it last year, and hopefully we'll do it again next year on, on the you know week before the season starts, get these guys on audio and, and mix it into a podcast here. So I think it's uh, a nice tradition, but... <laughs> Yeah, it, it's a it's a, it's a great way to start the season. Um, and thanks to the Canadians for for having me down there, and, mm-hmm. and for the guys to come out 
and do the interviews. Uh, I know I didn't mention it at the time, but you hear Clinton, the, uh, one, of the, one of the media relations girls, was like, okay, we got to go. You got to get your pictures taken. It just kind of threw me off a bit. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember the last couple of questions I wanted to ask him. Of course, he's a, he's a father, which must be a tough – I mean, being a minor league player is tough enough, let alone having a nine-year-old son back home. So good luck to him and good luck to the Canadians. And, um, yeah, it's going to be a fun year. All right, yeah, this looks to be an exciting season, and we look to bring you lots more exciting news and updates as they go along. So hopefully you tune in for the next next podcast whenever that is. I guess we'll figure out a time, hopefully in the next week or so, or less than a week before you leave, Charlie. Well, before we go, I just want to <laughs> quickly mention 30th round pick, and I think you, me, and Ewan were bantering a bit on Twitter, part of the all, no, we, we said this on the uh, podcast, part of the all-name team. Yeah. Earl Burl Third <laughs> is the starting center fielder tonight for the Vancouver Canadians. There he you go. He's with a strikeout already. Oh. But yeah, he's made his debut. Earl Burl Third, um, wow. And then we got... Alex Maldonado playing third, uh, which we know won't last very long. Um, <laughs> Lane Thomas, Juan Kelly playing first. Again, we know won't last. Sean Hurley in left. Gabriel Sinas DHing. Kevin Garcia catching. Wanda Hatter in right. And Christian Vasquez, who's back here for third season. That's short. So if I was him, I'd be a bit worried about my job. But <laughs> I'm not Blue Jays management. But there you go. Earl Burl third. Love it. Made the team. Made the team. Leading off. Live update on the Canadians on a podcast. Never thought you'd hear that. No. <laughs> uh, this was episode 21 of the Your Van Seas podcast. Thanks for tuning in.